For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now. Support a healthy gut with the Metamucil Ranger Chemist Warehouse, now starting from 1869. And Kogan Mobile, New Zealand's cheapest unlimited prepay plans. Visit koganmobile.co.nz. This is Izzy and Kempe for breakfast on SENZ. Four minutes past 6am, 8th of August 2022. Welcome into Izzy and Welcome into Izzy and Kempe for breakfast. Kempe and Louie here this morning. Daggy off in Fiji. What do you reckon? It's 6am in Fiji. Is he knee deep in a pina colada yet, Kempe? <laughs> it's knee deep in him yesterday, I can tell you that. I doubt it, mate. He'll be enjoying the sleep. You know, just in his, what, what were they, his boxes. he nice and warm. Probably had the air conditioning going. Oh, yeah. Oh, that, that, mate, staying at that, wherever they yeah, are. Yeah, no, you, it's have like a, you have a good break, brother. You have a real good break. Daggy <laughs> off overseas. <laughs> Kempe Louie here holding the fort down with you on 0800 150 That's the Kennard Tire phone line. Double eight double three is the Tempe Bed Post text machine. And I reckon it's going to get an absolute hammering today because there is so much to discuss. Naturally, I would be saying, what do we say? Where do we go? What can we do about the All Blacks? But in all honesty, I think there's better stuff going on. Aaron Gate has won his fourth gold medal at a Commonwealth Games this morning. Yep, fourth gold medal at a Commonwealth Games. And when I say a Commonwealth Games, I mean this Commonwealth Games. Four of them can be in the pile. He's won the road race in spectacular fashion. Um, the Wyferns have put in a monumental clutch performance to somehow turn the tables on the English cricketers. They've won bronze. The Silver Ferns have done the same thing to the English netball players in their home country, by the way, for bronze. And we've got Sean Apolly and uh, Alice Zyman coming up to win Bronze potentially in the volleyball, and we've got Paul Cole and Joel King in the gold medal match, which is just getting underway right about now in the Smick squash as well. So that's what's going on. It's um, probably 
a somber morning for All Blacks fans, but as sports fans, I guess we're <laughs> they've kind of the All Blacks are running got some screen being run for them by, by the Commonwealth Games. They, yeah, I was just going to say that it's pretty uh, misty outside today. Like I've never seen such thick fog in Auckland, to be brutally honest, and that's what it feels like for the All Blacks. I think with the Commonwealth Games, though, it's very foggy with the Com Games, but underneath it all is the All Blacks uh, and their performance on Saturday. Sunday morning, that was Louis. I was going to say Saturday night, but it was Sunday morning, wasn't it? Three o'clock uh, our time, where they, well, they were outplayed. They were outplayed by the South, South Africans. And uh, yeah, I don't know if there is anything else to say. Oh, that, a lot of it's already been said, but really now it's about action. What it, What is the action? What is the next move from the NZR? Yeah, well, I think you'll never find a a sporting public more in unison than thinking that the head coach needs to be changed. And a lot of people, probably I'd suggest more than 50% of people, can be have thought that for, what are we, 2022, three years now. And slowly the tide has turned and Ian Foster is just his relationship with the public is kind of, it's not soured, but it's kind of deteriorated to the point where we're not a good rugby team anymore. We're fifth in the world this morning. We're fifth in the world, and we're a solid fifth in the world. You, yeah. You know, like, we're actually fifth in the world. We Like, that that team that played the Springboks, the Springboks pumped us, Kempe, in every asset of the game. They pumped us. And and that's a, a really cold reality for All Blacks fans, and there's not much you can do because you can't change. You can't go find tw- 32 more players. No, look, I, I think they have – this is sort of – um, uncharted waters too for the NZ, NZR because they sit on the top um, quite happily when they are the champions of the world and, and with this aura always talking about the positives of this all-black team and all of a sudden they find themselves, what is it, five losses out of six games um, or yeah. there, thereabouts. No, it is, five of the last six. Five of the last six and all of a sudden it's shut up shop, we don't know what to say, we don't know what to do, and you've got the whole of the New Zealand public saying, well, we're used to hearing and trusting what, you know, what you've been doing in the past, how come you've gone all quiet on us now? And, and that conversation, Louis, I think, about what happens next, like, you're right, there is nothing else to say, because everyone said what should happen next, it's just whether or not they're willing to make those, those decisions in and around that. Hey, we'll try to wake Izzy up on island time. Get his take because, like, Daggy hates it. He hates having to be overly critical of his team because he just is so passionate. He loves his team so much. But the one thing about Izzy is he will do it when he thinks it's right. And I'll be very interested to see what he thinks the next step is because you're right, Kim. There's not much more we can actually say about the performance of them. Although Tim says one word for the All Blacks insipid on double eight, double three already. We'll talk to Izzy about that on the Commonwealth Games. That's kind of what I want to talk about, to be honest, because I'm just so... Look, I, I was actually a bit lukewarm on the Com games going into it, but I've, I'll happily admit I've been sucked into the intoxication of the event. Aaron Gate wins gold, as I said. Silver Ferns win bronze. Uh, the White Ferns win bronze. We've got right now Paul Cole and Joel King going for gold, and Joel King just deserves this so badly. So I hope that they can get that up. They're two all in the first game there against home nation England. Imagine if we beat England three times in one morning in teams events to, to win three medals. Wouldn't that be spe- something special? Um, so Sarah Kelly Ross, well, she's a former Olympian. She has been to a, a couple of different 
events throughout the years. She's been watching it all, soaking it all in. We'll talk to her about the track and field because that's where she specialised and we had a Quinella in the shot put. Tom Walsh and Jack O'Gill over the weekend. Jack O'Gill throwing his PB, kind of surprised himself and everybody in the process, but an awesome result for them. We had Julia Ratcliffe, Nabba Silver, and then we've had Nick Willis come out and fire some very interesting tweets about who gets sent to these com games mm. and the qualification in the New Zealand, the team and, and the standards that we set. So Sarah Kelly Ross will get into that with us. We'll try to catch up with the White Ferns player. And then later in the show, well, he's a former All Black and now he's a champion, well, a Winter Cup winning trainer, Bevan Wilson, who trains out of Ashburton. A very cool story with Lord Darcy down at Rickerton. So at 8.40 or so, we'll catch up with Bevan Wilson. He played, I think, nine times for the All Blacks as a fullback. He played for uh, Otago, played the the Lions in the 70s. Um, we will catch up with Bevan and talk to him about his life as a horse trainer, and he's obviously found some success. You ran second in that race last year, didn't you, with Just Ask Me? It's a hard race to win that big hope handicap down there for the wet trackers, and and he got it done with Lord Darcy, who won really well. He be. did. He, he, it was a very, very good run. They went up the inside again, looked like they had the run into the track, and I was looking for some horses to come from the back, but they just didn't go with Lord Darcy when he took off, and he, he didn't just win it. He won it real well. So um, no, it'd be nice talking to Bev about that. And like you said, Louis, we went down and had a crack at our, um, ourselves last year. I thought we would have got it with, I think it was tap, uh, tap, one of those tappy... Tap and go or tappy, tap, tappy dancer. You know, those, the, the southern horses that just knew the track stuck to the inside. If we trailed it, I reckon we would have got it. But um, like you said, it's someone else's race this year and real happy for Bevan to, to get that one as a trainer. Yeah, I've actually got a good yarn about the punt in the weekend. I've actually um, I've done a massive service to a friend and in the process had to suffer some anxiety. You I've, did. I've, I've really, I've, I've saved Izzy some uh, real anguish here. He was about to lose himself, I think, a certain amount of money with a four-leg multi. And I just got a bit of mail late. He got the first two legs up. He got the first two legs up really well, actually, did Izzy. Mm. And I just got a bit of mail late about Imperatries on the bubbles and on Trevier and that 1,100-meter race up at Rokaka that maybe, with the way the track was playing, on the bubbles with the light weight, might be able to skirt along. And maybe that weight where Imperatries was going to land might not be the best place for her. <laughs> so I said to Izzy, who had two legs in his multi to go, Kempi, and one of them being Imperatries to win at $1.80, eighty. <laughs> And the last league being Miss Onaki at four bucks or three three fifty to what I think it was. So he's halfway through his four league multi. I said, Oh he said, Oh, do you think I should cash out? I said Personally, I would. <laughs> <laughs> then I said on, on a dollar any favourite? Well he And, he, and arguably he, the best two legs to go. Old. He's got two mm. legs to go, remember. And I said, personally, I would. I mean, I, I didn't. I actually thought that if he shows would win the last, not Miss Misanaki at all. Um, if he shows didn't win the last, spoiler alert. I said I would, but don't blame me if it gets up. And he said, "Okay, I will blame you if it gets up." <laughs> and I was like, "Don't do this to me." That you should see the exchange of messages. He's like, "Nah, you've you've talked me into it." He's like, "Makes sense." <laughs> He was, don't worry, I did see the exchange of messages because I was, I was getting. He thought he's talked me out of it, and I'm like, mm, okay. <laughs> and Imperatrice is one, 
And two, Imperatrice's credit, she's won just so well. And against the way, against the track pattern, she's gone Wushka, Dragon Leap, huge run from back Massive in the field as well. run from Dragon Leap. Difference is he's, she's giving him four and a half kilos. So put that in perspective. See that run, that eye-catching mm. run of Dragon Leap, now imagine what Imperatrice has done. Mm. She is going to have a huge prep. And we kind of knew that. Um, on the bubbles is unfortunately, I, I think, I don't, I do not think he's come up well. No. Which is so, there's that. I don't think he would have beaten, I'm not saying he would have beaten Imperatrice, but it's an unfortunate situation. So thank you all the connections there and we'll, we'll see what happens moving forward. I mean, it could have been nothing. I haven't uh, checked in as of this morning. Um, so he's got one leg to go. And I'm like, in the back of my head, I'm like, well, let's be honest. Like, is he, when was the last time he hit a four leg multi? 2020 like on the back of my head i'm like miss anaki like i i'm like miss anaki yeah she's chance but i'm okay and then the race started getting closer and i started thinking about it and i started looking at it and i was like geez if i was actually doing the form again for this race i've got miss anaki on top here and i was starting to go like oh i was like Oh, where were you? Where'd you go and watch her? I was at the Alex. Oh, you were. Uh, I thought it looked. I thought it looked really familiar. <laughs> I was at the Alex, and I was like, oh, nah. But <laughs> actually, on second look, and at this stage, Izzy's on the plane to Fiji, and I'm like, oh well, look, whatever happens, happens. And then she start the race jumps, and it was a big field. And she took some market support, and McNabb gets her into this, this sweet spot, and she's travelling on the bend. But they've been coming from Everett Royal Kaka all day. I haven't been able to pick one winner on the bend all day. Like, they've been coming from strange places on the track. And I'm like, ooh, she's carrying a good gallop here. And thanking the lords of the beach at Royal Kaka, a couple swoop on it late. I think she runs a good third or a good fourth. And I was just like, oh. <laughs> What a relief that was. And um, there you go. I saved Izzy. Actually, won Izzy some money. But and, and you know the irony is, he's like, oh, I would have cashed out. There's no way in ever he would have cashed out after Imperatory has won. He would have looked at that figure he was going to win, and you know him, Kempe. There's no way he would have cashed it out. So I, I feel good I actually saved Izzy some I money. I wouldn't have cashed out. I wouldn't have cashed out. Not at that. Not at that. Um, not at that stage of it. Maybe after Imperatory has won. No, he wouldn't have. No way he would have. I can't have. believe he put it on the nose on that. on um, Miss Anaki. It paid 220 It ran third. It paid 220 If If he put it, and to be honest, if he had it a place, I would have looked at it differently. Mm. But I was thinking, oh, you've got 50, you're 50 of the way sent through. He'd already four times his money with the multi. I was thinking, yeah, like, it won't, I'm pretty confident it's not going to get up from here. I thought they'd run Imperatrice closer. They didn't. Incredible win. But there you go. That was a little punting story from the weekend. <laughs> Had me going for a wee bit. Good photos. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I don't usually cheer for horses to get beat. Apologies to Miss Anaki's connections. We would never have heard the end of that if that four-leg multi had come in. Even. It would be the story. It, it wouldn't have been the come money. Every, every week. That's exactly right. <laughs> That's exactly right, Goofy. It wouldn't have been the money aspect of it. It was... Um. Yeah. Good banter. Very, very good banter. All righty. Seventeen minutes past six o'clock this morning. Uh, I was thinking we might be able to avoid it for a little bit longer, but it doesn't look like we're going to be able to. Can't wait. Question of the day. India, by the way, seventy-two for two, chasing one hundred and sixty-two in the gold medal match. 
against Australia in the women's cricket. Uh, Paul Cole and Joel King going really well in the tooth and nail battle so far in the first game against the English in the squash. But texts are coming through already. Good morning, gentlemen. Sorry to say I called it Friday. How did the All Blacks handle going a try and a penalty down to start the game? Answer, not very well. Something needs to change, not in two or three games. Now, not all bad, though. Manchester United lost. <laughs> Cheers, lads. Have a great day, Steve-O. Steve-O, appreciate your message nice and early. Chris says, don't worry. Fozzie said that was our best game of the year. Sam, Casper, Kane. All right, Chris. Here's my can't add question of the day. Will Ian Foster ever admit he's not right for this job? And it might be in 10 years, but do you think he will ever be able to... He will, and Kempi, this is for you. You've been a coach, so I'm very interested to hear what... And you've been a coach, an embattled coach, I think it's fair to say. So, um, um, And with time to reflect. So I'm interested to hear what you've got to say on this. Will Ian Foster ever actually admit that he isn't the right man for this job? Because, look... Regardless of who he is and, and what he's done previously, the results say at a historic rate he is not the man for the job right now. He's not the person for the job right now. And I think 95% of us think he needs probably help getting out because when he's saying things like this was our best game of the year, as Chris points out, it's just tone deaf and it's really reeking of a man who probably isn't seeing things that clearly at the moment. That's my take personally. 20 minutes past six. What about you? 0800 150 you ever think of that one? And we'll come back to you after this. Here with Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. Listening to Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on SENZ. Paul Cole and Joel King getting physical in their double squash final for gold medal. Double gold for Paul Cole. How could that be? The Superman with the backhand full extension. And then Joel King getting a big screen on. Oh, they're up 3-2 in the second game. They are looking likely. That's what I'll say. 92 for two. India chasing about 160-odd. Uh, the Australians posted in the gold medal match in the Com Games cricket, and the Indian fans over there going crazy. 0800-150-811. Will Ian Foster ever admit he's not the right man for the job? Because when he says things like, that was our best performance of the year, regardless about what order you want to stack in our insipid performances this year, he doesn't really sound like he's making too many friends with the public, Kempi. Oh, no. No, there was there won't be that many friends out there at the moment, especially not having seen the All Blacks in this position ever in my lifetime. Um, I think the question for me, though, Louis, is when you're saying, will he admit that he isn't the right man for the job, I think the admission needs to be around probably not putting the right team together in the first place. Now, if you watch the All Blacks and the, I guess the amount of errors that you see an All Black team make, um, which we're not used to, we never see them you know, just dropping the ball cold, 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 you know, handling errors and 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 that tackle, that tackle from Sam Kane where he pops off the, the the side of the scrum, the number eight picks it up from the South Africans forty meters out, and puts a fend on the number seven. Now, can you ever see Richie McCall missing that tackle? The basic skill level, I think the admission is I've got the wrong people in and around me to actually get keep this 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 level, this skill level up. I've never seen an All Black team make so many fundamental errors and. I would put that down to just probably losing sight of the ball, losing sight that 
the fundamentals actually get the job done. And what they are getting done in is the fundamentals across um, the Irish series in this game on, on Saturday, um, Sunday morning against the South Africans. So I don't so, think he'll ever. I don't ever think he'll ever admit that he's the wrong person for the job. But I think there needs to be an admission that they got the the you know the 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 review wrong when they had Robinson sitting in the in the um, meeting about coaching. They probably got the decision wrong way back then. Yeah, Scott Robertson's been there and he's always been there. Whether whether Foster deserved his chance to continue the Steve Hansen, Graham Henry legacy, that Steve Chu kind of era. Well, let's have a look at that. Eh? Should we have a quick look at that? So you want to go through that whole, whole structure at the moment. Where in that structure is the next all-black coach? Well, he's being sacked. It's John Plumtree. So I don't think people are picking up on the structure. The problem that, that you've got is that you've worked to a structure that's got you across the line on so many occasions, and now you find yourself um, five out of six games behind the eight ball, but you've still got the same structure. It doesn't work. Incredibly slow reaction time by the administrators in this instance, Kempe. Meanwhile, it's not like they haven't had advice, especially from the rugby public. It's funny, you know, like, oh, I'm just a punter. I'd as you are on double eight double three and oh eight hundred one five oh eight eleven, but we're not stupid, and we actually can help if you listen to enough of the. Not look, the consensus isn't always right. I'm willing to admit that, but the consensus for a long time usually is on the right side of history, and I think there's been a, a like a bit of tone deafness by NZR. Which is that actually they could have? I know that they get paid the big bucks to make the big decisions around high performance. I'm not just saying they should have just listened to the public, but there's a level of reading the room which hasn't gone on. Yeah, and I think um, look, I've I agree with you. I think that um, an opinion and a and a strong opinion that plays out in the public domain, it has to be heard. heard. Um, and the reason why it isn't heard is because you put on your uh, conspiracy theorist goggles, you know what I mean? And you put, put them up and say, no, no, I know best. Now, you've already gone and said, well, yeah, we're, we're going to listen a little bit. Let's get Jason Ryan in there. You've slapped Scotty Robinson on the face as you've gone past them and said, by the way, we're going to grab that bloke who's your forwards coach who's got your, your 400 competitions, then we're not, we're not going to even consider you as the head coach's job. I just think the way that it's been handled is played out really poorly, and especially one in the press. But also behind the scenes, it wouldn't surprise me Scotty Robinson sitting them with, there with them right now, talking to them about the future. But what it's what that future looks like. It's whether or not they're ready to action that future. You know, whether it is bef- after the second South African Test or is it after they lose the Bledisloe. I wonder when you know we. Yeah, uh, I don't know. Uh, yeah, uh, that's a, that's a, well. Let's do that in the next hour, Kim, because I actually think that is a very, very good question. I want to know where the accountability will come at at an administration level, and I actually think this goes past the CEO. Where's the board here, and what have the discussions been in the boardroom about the way that this new dawn of New Zealand rugby that they have led or they have governed, and where will the accountability be in the boardroom? And you're smirking, and I think I know what your answer will be. Half past six, 0800 We'll have this discussion all through the morning. Here's one text from Jonathan. He's come through with a, uh, a definition. Delusion. Belief or impression maintained despite being contradicted by reality of rational argument. Whew. Thanks, thanks. Great scrabble words. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
a bit early for words that long. I think nine, 29 away from seven. We'll be back after this with some loveracing.nz. Paul Cole and Joelle King up 8-6 looking to win. Well, Cole's his second goal. And Joelle King, she so deserves this. So I hope they can get this done over there in the Com Games. <laughs> Match ball in the Commonwealth Games doubles squash gold medal match. Paul Cole and Joelle King serving for gold and winning gold. Just like that, throw it in what the What about Coley's hit that shot and you straight away? He got his arms up before it even hit the ground. <laughs> Good, the absolute joy on their face. Uh, Paul Cole leans in and embraces Joelle King. The, these two have done it for a long time on the world stage they're hugging they're smiling they're crying joelle king wanted this so bad paul cole would have wanted this so bad for her it's so cool to see two veteran kiwi sports people get their moment in the sun look at that kimfi <laughs> yeah cole he's even breaking out he didn't have a he didn't have a rap for us but he, he's got some moves on the dance floor the young fella they deserve it well done they deserve that, especially Joelle King. She's looking at her. She could not be more stoked. Their coach, everyone going up. The Kiwis in the crowd. Well done. Another gold medal. Oh, oh, good. Very, very good. Very good. Right, loveracing.nz, your home for everything thoroughbred racing. Oh, Mudgies come through. You know it's a big day when Mudgie comes through on double eight, double three. I'll get to that one in a wee. But um, Rickerton, it was all go on Saturday for the first day of their Grand National Carnival. And Kevin Myers, old dummy Myers running a clinic, Kempi. He's won, I'm pretty sure he's run one, one, two, I think four races. There's a second there. Three, four races, a couple of seconds, a third, very flash, very good third as well in the Winter Cup, which Lord Darcy won for Terry Mosley, Bevan and Robin Wilson. Um, but Kevin Myers absolutely putting on a clinic and uh, the Cossack went to Australia yesterday and just over-raced a little bit. So um, Paul Nelson not sending his team down there has left a, a jumping team, has left a real window open for Kevin Myers and, and a couple of the other strong jumping stables, and they've definitely taken advantage. We've got the Wednesday day of the carnival coming up, $305,000 of prize money there, and then the Saturday, of course, the Grand National Steeple. Um, very, very exciting. $100,000, 50 5,600 metres. It's the ultimate test, really. Well, one of the ultimate tests we have in New Zealand racing. For Who's favourite for that one, Louis? The Cossack. No. Don't tell me the Cossack. No, he's in He's in Australia, mate. Oh, he's gone. So he's gone to Australia. He just he ran yesterday in the Australian uh, hurdle, and he was second favourite, pretty much equal favourite, to Saunton Boy, and he just over-raced. And the Saunton Boy, the Aussie champ, just, just got away from him in the... Going onto the bend, he just dropped him a little bit. Awesome effort for them taking him over and rolling the dice, but yeah, I don't want to say disappointing. Um, I don't know who's going to be favourite for the Grand National Steeple, Kempi. I'll have to have a look. I don't know if the market's up. I'll, I'll have a look. Um, it definitely probably goes out of my uh, ex- experience range. Um, I, I think they will have it up, though. The Ruakaka meeting was epic. Having Imperatria's Dragon Leap on trivia, yeah, a little bit dour still. Is it fair to say? 
hundred percent. Just didn't quite race I mean, on. I, I was watching. I was well, obviously um, taking notice of the races during the day, and and Mark Walker's really is when you think about it, is it's first his first prep in it on the back of uh, Jamie heading up to Hong Kong. And I'd have to say that the Walker team would have to be disappointed with their day up there, apart from Imperative, you know, winning with that weight. I reckon the rest of the day was pretty disappointing for, uh, you know, the what, what do you call that, the Tangerine Army? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm just trying to think what else they had. They won, well, they won yesterday with a nice wet tracker, Accental Tourist. Um yeah, well, depending what's happened on the bubbles, because if they've come away with the horse that sustained a bit of an injury or a bit of a setback, yes, they were completely disappointing. But then Imperatriz was so good, Kempi. She was so good. She'd be hard to beat. Under she? the top weight. Where do they Where do they put her? I think they've got to go to the Empire Rose in yeah. Flemington. So that's got to be your end target. It's a long prep, so expect her to have spaced runs and maybe, maybe go to the first day at... Um, Hawks Bay, and then maybe just back off a little. Tarzino? Um, we'll see. We'll see how Mark Walker plods it out because the Empire Roses was the back end of the what's after the Mal. It's after Derby Day. Well, it is Derby Day, I think. Um, so it's a wee while away. It's but it, she, mate, she, she under that weight, she was epic. Twenty-two away from seven. Love Racing NZ. You can go catch all of those replays we're speaking about there. Just to confirm, Paul Cole and Joel King are gold medalists. In the double squash, brilliant. Absolutely brilliant for a couple of our favourite Kiwis. Right, Mudgy. Fact. The structure is gone. Question. Foster's gone. One week to go. Schmidt won't travel and NZR don't like Robertson. Who coaches now? Mudgy. I think they have... I think, Mudgy, NZR might have got over their disdain for Scott Robertson, Kimby. I'll tell you what. Grow up. Like, you know, if you're... uh, Here's my point with that. If you're holding up a grudge against Scott Robinson because he breaks dance because he wins so many championships, you need to grow. You need to grow up <laughs> and get the best person in the job. Whether he has those, he's not got to do that in an all black jersey, uh, you know, or an all black suit. So if what you don't think he's going to break dance? No, mate, he won't. All right, he won't because he's he's the top dog. You know, the disagree. top the top dog don't won't do that. I, I, I think if he wins a World Cup, he may. If he wins, he, he would only do it when he wins a World Cup. That's exactly right. But he ain't gonna de- he ain't gonna be going around no behaving, no, behaving no, like no, that. No. You know what okay, I mean? So, so we're on the same page. Sorry, I, was, I thought you were saying if he wins a World Cup, I think it would be criminal for him not to because that's what the players expect. That's what, like what you know. Yeah, but you're not gonna you see in Super Rugby. You win the Super Rugby, and when you're the All Black coach, you've got the Bledisloe, you've got the the Championship, you've got all sorts of trophies. Now he ain't gonna go out there and break dance ever after every one of those trophies. The only one he deserved to, <laughs> and if he did do it, no one would care as if he had the World Cup. Although they're going that bad at the moment, maybe if he gets his, uh, I'll win. Well, they don't. I'll tell, you, I'll tell you right now, they don't win the World Cup. At the moment, under this current structure, they don't win the World Cup. We're the fifth. We won't make the semi-finals. We'd be lucky. Sorry, how, I won't declare that. that. How bad would that be? But we. But you realise that we've got who do we have on the side of our? We've got do we have France, South Africa, Ireland, and us all on one side of the draw? Two of those teams miss the semi-finals. I reckon there's one area in the game. It's my off the back fence um, this morning that we are so far behind the other nations that the weekend proved it again. That, you know, they just aren't up to scratch. They were, they're sitting back on their on their past um, success, their past successes, 
And the people that are making decisions are being really arrogant about how they are treating the rest of the world. And the rest of the world are just they're smiling and snickering behind the scenes and saying, we knew we would catch you and we knew we'd go past you because of your attitude. And it's, and it's happening right under our noses. And guess what? Nothing's happening in the background. One last text. This is a brilliant analogy. Foster is like a builder who only uses glue to build houses. By all accounts, it still looks like a house, but there's no structural integrity, and she's falling apart from the inside. Still up, the boys, but my God, it's getting hard to watch, knowing nothing will change. Well, there's one thing that can change, but it's not up to Ian Foster at this point. He's not going to step down. New Zealand rugby, they have to be brave. Will they be brave? I think so, but when? Don't know. 19 away from 7. 0800 811. You want to come on and take on the Kemp Master, the Quiz Master, the Kemp Master? That means I'm doing the clues. That means they're tough clues. That means that you're going to need lots of you lined up to go to the Gold Coast with Willem and Travel. Get in the draw. 0800 811. 811. Quizzy Dag coming up. Then off the Dominate range of hairstyling products, but only at Chemist Warehouse. And Kogan Mobile, New Zealand's cheapest unlimited prepay plans. Visit koganmobile.co.nz. You're listening to Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on SENZ. On your radio Giving you the chance to head to the Gold Coast Five questions for the win Supercars on the line 0800-150-811, you're mine it's Quizzy Dag, give it a go. It's Quizzy Dag, now don't you choke. It's Quizzy Dag, who knows the most. It's Quizzy Dag, we're going to the go go. Yeah, we're not going to Fiji. That's where Izzy is at the moment. Your chance to win tickets to the Boost Mobile Gold Coast 500 here today with a Camp Master. Taking over from Quizzy Daggy Dag. So let's get started with, with you, John Morena. G'day. How are you, mate? Yeah, I'm good, thanks. Hey, let's get stuck into it here. We're going to go with uh, question number one. How many gold medals has Aaron Gate won for New Zealand at the Com Games? Four, mate. Too easy, don't worry. And Louis just told me, no clues today. Who will <laughs> is he at Azania fight next? Uh, yeah, no, I'm out, mate. I don't even the clue won't help. So, yeah, man, good day, John. <laughs> okay, John, thanks, mate. Oh, Brenton, you're back, mate. How you going? Good, brother, yourself? Yeah, yeah, not too bad. You're a big UFC fan. You know this question. Who will Izzy Adesanya face next? Uh, I'm not a massive fan, bro. Maybe Alex Pereira? I don't oh, know. Too easy, too easy. Oh. All right, here we go. Our team, where are the Warriors now on the NRL ladder? Oh, well, fucking <laughs> Kempi, mate. They should be last, but uh, 
I think there'll be Newcastle, Newcastle overtake them, maybe 14th or 15th quarter. I'll go 14th. Good guess. Yeah, you're, on, you're on fire, mate. Two to go. Let's have a look. Let's have a look, eh? Erling Haaland scored two goals in his EPL debut for Man City. Who did Man City play? West Ham. Ooh. Oh, he's a soccer man, Brenton. He's a well, soccer man. Hold on, uh, not soccer, mate. I'm a leaguey. Oh, yeah. I, just heard that, I heard that this morning. I, I listened to the end before 6 o'clock and they played the game. Oh, good man. Good man. Hey, last one yeah. then. Here we go. This one to get in the draw. To go to the Boost Mobile Gold Coast 500, how many tests have the All Blacks played? <laughs> Sorry, Britain. Okay, I'm going to ask this one again. How many tests have the All Blacks played in history since 1903? Holy shit. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. If you get within 20, I'm going to give it to you. Within 20? Uh, no phone to friend either? Five... Four, three. I'm gonna say six hundred and two. Eight. Say that again. Six ten. I'll say about six ten. Six hundred. Oh, we gotta give that. Oh, we'll pay it. You said within twenty, Kippy. Within twenty, brothers. Within two. Mate, you were within you were within six and six hundred. You're as honest as Fozzie. Well done, Thank you, friend. mate. Oh, <laughs> unbelievable. You just let him off the hook there, Kimby, because then he's being able to Google it and not come up with the exact number and kind of run a bit of cover on himself <laughs> by guessing about 16 away. 616 was the exact score or the exact number. Brenton. Little $50 TMB bonus bet to start his week. Oh, he's a loyal listener. He is. He is. I, I can't believe he wasn't first off the rank anyway, Joe. Kiz? <laughs> Brenton's normally first, isn't he? L- listening to... Mate, he was on fire, though. The tool well. There you go. Listening to listening the SNZ coverage of mm. uh, the EPL. There you go. Reward a loyal listener every once in a while, but oh, I can see some filthy... I can already see <laughs> some filthy messages streaming in from uh, other punters. <laughs> and more integrity tomorrow. NRL integrity unit is going away to have a look at that quiz overnight. We're going to get into Brenton's web browser and see what he's been Googling. Eight away from seven. Back up. I don't know if I did it earlier, so... Just to confirm, Paul Cole and Joel King standing at top of the podium in the mixed doubles at the squash. Joel King looks so happy they both do. What a wonderful achievement for a couple of great Kiwis. Um, it's been a huge night at the Com Games. Aaron Gate picked up his fourth medal, Kempi. Fourth gold medal, I should say, in one Commonwealth Games. Unbelievable. He's a freak. And Coley... Mate, Joella be so happy as flag bearer to get a gold. She's got another chance of making another one with a another doubles, a female doubles in it final. Yep. So good on her. Hope she get, hope she picks up another one too because she deserves it. India seventeen from twelve. They need to win gold in the women's cricket. Sean Apolli, Alice Zyman about to go to battle for the bronze in the beach volleyball. Come on, girls! And speaking of battle, wow, gee whiz, it is going off on the double eight, double three, ten for post text machine. Good morning, boys. Like Reggie said, he's a dead man walking. He didn't even win Super Rugby comp. It's time to move on. You've either got it or you don't. Unfortunately, he's out of his depth. Cheers, Dave and Karaka. Here's one. 
morning, boys. How have our players' skills looked worse in the black jersey than when they were playing in the Super Rugby teams? It's across the board in New Zealand rugby, or is it pressure the boys are under? I'm confused. That's from Costa Kempi. We were talking about this off here before the show. Yeah, well, it's the it's the skills. I think the the core fundamental skills that the coaches aren't coaching. Um, so you got a couple of examples on the weekend. Dane Coles when he carries that ball into the ruck and pops out. You got the one right. I know it was the 79th minute with um, Frizzell loses that ball, which is a cold pass from CNK. Has the overlap? They they score a try off the back end of it. You know you just don't see those type of errors from the All Blacks. So they they do. You know, nothing wrong by going back and just teaching some core skills at the moment, so they don't make them during a game. And Costa, to your other point about the pressure, I think it's dead right. Look, the players haven't all of a sudden forgotten how to play rugby, but do you think they realise they're in a crisis? Of course they do. They 100%. feel that pressure coming via Fo- uh, Tui and Foster. Jitters. Yep, it, almost a bit of the yips. Alrighty, off to find ourselves at McCafe Coffee. We're going to talk to Sarah Cowley-Ross after the news with Aroha. Fulkaboda together with Shaping and Building New Zealand. A bit of Commonwealth Games. Sean Apolli, Alice Simon for bronze. Get it up, girls. Go on. Find 20% off the Dominate range of hairstyling products, but only at Chemist Warehouse. And Kogan Mobile, New Zealand's cheapest unlimited prepay plans. Visit koganmobile.co.nz. This is Izzy and Kempe for breakfast on SENZ. CNZ, four minutes past 7am this morning on a very busy Monday morning of sport, 8th of August. Welcome in to Izzy and Kempe for breakfast. Izzy, having a well-earned rest in Fiji. Kempe, I'm flying with you this morning and whoo, temper bed post text machine is hot. Going off, mate. Absolutely. Obviously, lots of people uh, love talking about Fozzie. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens from there, Louis. Theories galore. They won't drop Foster in the middle of the rugby championship, mainly to protect his replacement. New coach and board for the end of year tour, please. Very composed message. I tend to agree. I think that he will see out the rugby championship and it will... I'll be, sh- I'll be interested about a, the CEO, but I think the cut after the South African tour, even though people will be craving it, might not be the best thing, Kempe. Nah, not, not at all. It's got a. I think it'll be the Bledisloe. It'll be ro- ro- um, rolling around Bledisloe time. If that doesn't sit in that, our cabinet by the end of it, then I think changes will start to happen. And I dare say they'll be, because things don't happen overnight, I dare say conversations with, you'd assume Scott Robertson are well underway already. Sean Apolly and Alice Diamond are 8-1 up. 
We've followed their journey throughout the whole Commonwealth Games lead up. They're eight, nine, one up now in the first set of their bronze medal match. I dare say they're going to get this done in a canter. Paul Cole, Joel King, well, it wasn't much more than a canter for them in the squash doubles. And we've got the Indian cricket team chasing down Australia right now. They need about six to win, or 12 to win from six balls from one over, I think. So, geez. It is hot. The Commonwealth Games action, isn't it, Gimby? It is. The 2022 Birmingham Commonwealth Games are officially our most successful ever with 19 gold medals so far. How good? And a chance to bring up 50 altogether. No one will be suggesting this Kiwi team has underperformed in the slightest. Sarah Cowley Ross is a proud former Olympian and Commonwealth Games athlete herself and has been soaking it all in, all of that action, all of that good Kiwi action as she joins us this morning. Morena, Sarah. Uh, Morena. Morena, nice Morena. Hey, how do, how do we explain the success we're seeing? Well, I think it's, well, first of all, just huge congratulations to the 232 athletes that have represented New Zealand with just such incredible pride. I don't know about you guys, but I, I'm, I mean, I'm tired from watching all these games. But how do you explain the success? I think um, people are hungry for it. They've dreamed a long time about this moment, and a lot of people have delivered. And that's a really, really cool thing for them. Hey, are you, are you um, surprised that there's been quite a spread of medals too across, across like from the velodrome to the to the track, um, Sarah? The, all these medals that we're getting. Oh, I thought we'd get because Rio was like that. It was we had our biggest, um, you know, our biggest medal tally, but it was across ten different sports, and I thought oh, maybe we'll get some, you know, the minor medals, Com Games is an opportunity to shine for some of these minor, um, well, unsupported sports. They're not minor sports. They're um, sports that don't usually get the spotlight. And so, but the, the, the breadth of, um, of where the medals have come from has been cool. And particularly for me, you know, those three judo medals, the wrestling medal to Tyler Ford, um, some of those ones, Possibly unexpected to the public, but to the athletes, um, really cool for them to have their moment. I guess it's the beauty of any games, Olympics or Commonwealth Games, is finding things that we didn't know we loved as sports fans, and, and that's just from the fans' perspective. But I imagine the athletes over there, um, in the village, kind of as a team, Sarah, and when you were competing, did you feed off each other and the successes in sports you might not have known about as another athlete, but then seeing your teammate go out there and win a, a backdoor bronze or something like that, does that fill, fill you with extra energy? Oh, it does, and I think the whole team feeds off it. Um, you know, right from Hayden Wild Silver through to, um, you know, last night Aaron Gate getting his fourth gold medal, which is just insane. Um, I think that people's energy uh, is is really, really a big thing to feed off. And I think that starts from when you enter the New Zealand team and you're welcomed in with our um, traditional welcoming um, um, protocols. Um, the team does potangata, our haka, you will have seen it on uh, social media. And also the way that people are operating. Oh, that's my alarm. Um, <laughs> I just set an alarm to make sure I was like up for you guys. <laughs> um I think that uh, people feel just part of something bigger and they feel all these little sports that maybe are operating in silos, they come together, they're able to be together. And this has been quite a unique game in that we've had three main villages. 
Um, but bringing together for the team function when Joelle and Tom um, were named as our flag bearers um, was something pretty special and I think that will develop, athletes will develop these connections and feel part of, of the New Zealand team, which is something very special and something very proud to um, pr- proud that athletes are part of. Yeah, how good is that, Joel? Just picking up a gold with uh, Paulie Cole in the, in the squash. And, of course, we had Tom Walsh picking up his gold with Jacko Gill picking up silver yesterday. How, how, how does that work, that combination, when you've got your sitting one and two, uh, are you looking at each other going, man, I'm going to get you, or are you, are you tapping each other on the back? What 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 are your thoughts around that? Around Tom and Jacko? Yeah, especially those two, battling it out. Oh, yeah, no, I think that was a great conversation, I think. Um, you know, Tom, over you know, the last, well, 10 years, really has been the dominant. Um, Jacko... We've all expected this from Jacko for a long time, and personally, I think he's capable of much more than um, than that personal best, 21-90 um, in that final round. Uh, but I think Tom is also capable of a lot more as well, and, you know, 22-91 is his personal best, so Jacko's still got a metre. Um, let's not forget that, but let's also acknowledge that Jacko... I feel like he he was just so stoked to finally medal on on the stage. Um, I don't know if you guys know, but you know, 24 hours later, Tom Walsh then was competing in Poland. Um, he got second in the Diamond League, so he had a busy 24 hours. But in terms of athletics, in terms of a one-two, um, you know, we couldn't ask for more than that. And and there's been some great performances in the athletics team. I just want to highlight. Sam Tanner, a three-second PB to go second all-time in the 1500. That is a phenomenal performance in a championship final. And also Zoe Hobbs, her um, sixth place. Um, You know, both of these guys got six. And I just talk about them because it's also not just about the medals. We've had some great performances across the team that don't bring home a medal, might not get the mention, um, but actually they've done very well out there on the Commonwealth Games stage. Keely and the high jump as well, right, Sarah? So whenever you go to an event like this and you can PB, well, then you've got nothing but pride. I, I can only imagine because yeah. you, you've you've literally done as best as, as best as you can, right? And and that, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, so is, is that the aim of the game for like a, a, the bulk of these athletes? Oh, hundred percent. Like, but particularly in like a sport where you have an objective time measure, you know, where the conditions are potentially going to be consistent. So Keely's PB, 189, that was brilliant. I'm so happy for her. You know, she was on three attempts at 181, so she could have been out with a 176 jump, but instead she turned it around. I really loved the way she got her head right in that final attempt, and, and that was a really good jump. Yeah, it was so awesome. So stoked for her, stoked for anyone that is able to show up in their best shape it's one thing to show up in best shape at major championships, but then it's another thing to actually deliver. And a lot of these athletes have delivered, and I guess that's, um, that's, that's why it's been very successful for New Zealand. Australia, the uh, women's cricket team, they've picked up a couple of wickets in the last over. I think they, they India needed 11 going into the last over, and Australia's ended up bowling them out. So they just can't stop winning. Um, that, those women, they are very, very impressive. Speaking, just going back to what you're talking about there, Sarah, around 
Um, it's not necessarily about all the medals. Can I read you a little tweet thread from Nick Willis? And I'll just give the context for everyone listening. I'll get your reaction off it. So he's obviously one of our all-time greats. He's so well-respected. And he said, I know you have a lot of sports lobbying for representation at the Com Games, but athletics is the feature sport of the Games. To have athletes left at home who would have been finalists in the 100 metre, four times 100 metre and 800 metres is a disservice to the fans, the athletes and the Games. There has to be a way to juggle all the moving parts to make sure our athletic stars are at future games. Medals are not the only metric we should measure success of the games. Having representation in those feature events is just as important. So I guess two-part question, do you agree with them and then how do you start to go about changing it? Well, firstly, I want to see as many athletes, athletes be given their chance and traditionally we have had bigger teams that the system has changed a little bit in terms of bed in the, beds in the village but actually what's fundamentally um, different is that um, com games is a really difficult standard for athletics and um, you know I've got a personal view on that um, which I'd, I'd, I, I think Nick's got some good points there. Um, now the second part of your question, I've just forgotten, so you're going to have to remind how, me. How do we how do we go about um, tweaking that? Like, is there, a, as you said, the qualification standards? It's hard. So, how do we change it? And and is it like a resource thing? Is it a mindset thing? Is it a governance thing? Um, I think what we'll see now um, that the Commonwealth Games, the next Commonwealth Games, is in Victoria in Australia. Um, we, with the ro- runway now to Brisbane in 2032 for the Olympics, we need to be seeding athletes into this pathway of major championships. And I think that potentially that runway to Brisbane will influence um, selection standards. And um, um, I, I hope that that might happen. But also, uh, this is a really this is a, this is a big honour be on this stage and it's not something that's awarded lightly um, should more people go for athletics that um, potentially could have been finalists yeah that would have been awesome to see them be given their chance so um, I think I think you'll see some some changes in the next few years hey Sarah just on the back of, just on the back of that question how how much does funding play in I guess getting these results and and then having the success at the Olympics on the back of them. So you're coming home, you've got your cycle to get through to get to the next Olympics, you win gold here at the Com Games. What part does funding play to make sure that you show up at the, com, at the Olympics in the best shape um, you possibly can? It's huge. Like investment is, is huge and you can see the sports that have got investment, have some of them have done incredibly well. Um, it's more than the direct funding to the athlete. It's about funding the support structures around them. So for many of the athletes in the in this team, that you know they don't have regular physio, they don't have regular or physio that they you know is, is paid for, or they don't have access to training facilities as as other sports do. So it's not just um, it's a combination of factors which the investment helps and money. It, Five minutes, and that's how it's judged at the end of the day. And um, you do get cases where non, you know, non-funded athletes um, have got more success than what is, I guess, predicted. But actually, for some athletes, that works. 
better for them because they have autonomy outside of the system and so they have more control over what potentially they can do and it sort of it works for some people probably better if they're in a very tight um, controlled program but in terms of funding and bouncing on from this and how, how do we then translate this amazing result into uh, what happens at Paris and what happens in, in the next Commonwealth Games. I think that's a really important piece that we need to really um, focus down on and these sports are working so hard um, to ensure that that success then translates to more success for that athlete. But more than that for me is that actually we see more people out trying to run like Sam Tanner. We see more people going for a 5K run like Geordie Beamish. We see more people getting into high, um, high jump from Keeley and then we get more um, critical mass to create these metal moments. Yeah, the context is imperative for the growth, isn't it? And that's kind of what you like. That's where you're going with that. Looking at the the Olympics to come, and even all the way to Brisbane and this part of the world, how to leverage that, and thinking about who's going to be there and the age of those people right now. Well, it's yeah, that's a full decade away, right? So we don't even know. They don't even know if they they, they even want to be there yet. So how do you kind of encapsulate that? It's a really interesting conversation, Sarah. Hey, before we let you go, well, uh, yeah. No, no, sorry, you go. Sorry. Yeah, so we need like the top of the triangle, but we also need a really big base of the pyramid. Yeah. For, um, and that, and that, and whilst it's a decade away, we want, we know that athletes who go to games, um, go to a game before they, you know, medal or um, they do better off. So having a games experience. Um, will help them in the future. And the athletes that potentially haven't lived up to their performance expectations, these games, they will be better off for us going into the next game cycle. Yeah, I think, and I think one part that you're not touching on is stripping away the bureaucracy side of things where you've got that middle part of your triangle that's full of people that do nothing but get paid a lot of money, which should be trickling back down to the athlete and that's support network that you um, that you know you need to get gold medals. So um, that, that whole conversation, Sarah, is a massive one that every sport needs to have. It takes a village and there's a lot of people um, around the athletes, but the athletes have a tight team around them and we need to support those tight teams. Yeah, bang on. Hey, how's this for a text that we just got through? Morena, boys. Where's Kez with our netball chat? Fern's finally played some good, some good netball and would love to hear, hear his thoughts. Were you, I don't know, you know the young fella. Were you aware of his, um, his chat during these games? Oh, my gosh. It would be great. I mean, <laughs> I was actually talking a lot to Kez over these games and uh, we were watching that um, semi-final and I was, um, privileged enough to work with uh, Suzanne McFadden, Kez's phenomenal mum. Um, so having a few um, messages across, and actually my husband and Kez were having similar language come out of their mouths watching that game. So <laughs> very pleased to wake up and uh, see that bronze medal result. That's fantastic for the Silver Ferns. And uh, just acknowledge also some of our other team sports, bronze or rosé golds. The White Ferns, that was awesome last night. They played so well, um, and the sevens bronze medals as well. It's pretty cool. Oh, you're a champion, Sarah. Thanks so much, and I uh, really appreciate you taking the time of a wide-ranging chat this morning. All the best and enjoy the rest of the games. Awesome. Thanks, guys.
There you go. Sarah Kelly Ross, she's champion. She's been to the Olympics. She's been to the Com Games. She's uh, her, her partner and herself, she's still very much involved in it. And um, she says some pretty wise things there about how, how to kind of get and capitalise on this momentum moving forward, Kempi. Well, they have to. I think they have to. You know, like we, we're going to smash our last medal tally. Um, but it's not about just that as a result. It's about where do you take it from here? And you, and you make a really good point. Like those kids that are coming through, what are the, what, what is the expectations? If we're continually getting better as a small nation and performing, well, put that into context, India's population compared to ours, and we're sort of above them in the medal tally. You know what I mean? So we're really competing above our above where we should be, but we can get so much more out of it if we structure it right. So I think she touches Sarah touches on a, quite a number of good points there, especially around athlete well-being and the integrity that is needed to continue to help them grow. Um, and that takes them not just the, the athlete and, and their small village, but all this other, especially when funding is a key, all this other money that's been wasted on bureaucracy. Yep, here loud and clear, Kempi. 0800 what do you think? You've watched these games just like us. You've seen it all. You've seen the sports. Sean Apolli and Alex Simon, one set up. How do you change it? How would you change it if you were in charge of helping these athletes achieve further games success and ideally at the Olympics? Kempi's off the back fence, going back to a bit of footy after this. Here with Chemist Warehouse, great savings every day, 22 and a half past seven. Off the back fence with Tony Kemp. Well, we all know that defense, uh, defense wins you Rugby World Cups. Back in 1998, John Muggleton was the first defensive coach to come from Rugby League, leading a shift in the way the game of rugby looked at turning defense into a part of the game that now wins you those World Cups. England followed suit with Mike Ford, an old teammate of mine from Carlsford, while Wales and France employed Sean Edwards, the Wigan halfback, and... Ireland now have one of the best coaches in union, Andal Farrow, who, guess what, also comes from league. And you listen to, if you listen to Brian Habana's comments about the former kangaroo winger for North Sydney, Les Kiss's impact on South Africans' defensive structure, you soon start to see a pattern forming. Argentina are the latest team to play catch-up with the defensive game, hiring ex-Kiwi David Kidwell, Yet the All Blacks still remain adamant that they have the answers to rush defence. All these teams have one thing in common. They've employed a league person to understand defence. Defence is what will win you the Rugby World Cup. And I'm sorry to say, we are no chance of winning anything when we are this far behind the other nations. Off the back fence with Tony Kemp. Yeah, defence a massive issue, but Kempe, the biggest concern for me in the weekend was that we didn't actually really score a try. We scored a try via a Caleb Clark bit of freakish brilliance, and in all honesty, we didn't look like scoring a try out of that. We got into the 22, Dane Coles dropped the ball. Obviously, defence sets the, sets the tone, and that's what you know, especially in rugby league. You need to stop them before you can go forward. But that ascendancy and even offset piece, so concerning, so stagnant. It does. See, what, what a... a defensive structure does to a team is it gets you in two minds. There's a there's a part of the game, if you are watching the replay, there's a part of the game, it's in the last 10 minutes, and it goes from sideline to sideline inside their 30 metre 30 meter line. So 30 metres out, the All Blacks are, and they're going sideline to sideline, and they're going backwards. They're being just tackled out of it, and the line speed of South Africa is phenomenal. And then all of a sudden, it goes to Richie Moonga, and he's standing on his 20, he puts up a, a bomb. Yep. 
because he didn't know what to do. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it comes down, and the South Africans just catch the ball and go, is that your answer to us defending so stoutly? So I know they. it's what happens. Like, really, really good defence wins your games. It, it stops people from scoring tries. It takes time off people like the Bowden Barretts and the Richie Mwongas, the, the playmakers. And, and as we've seen in the last six games, the All Blacks have really, really struggled with it. They don't have an answer. Playmakers just made me think, Stephen Pettifed is probably going to debut at Alice Park this weekend, isn't he? Bowden Barrett, well, I dare say Bowden Barrett. That was, a, that was an awful collision. One of the hardest things I've ever had to watch, I think. Yeah. And that, that terrible. And, and when you watched it slow down and the way that he falls back on his, his body weight on the back of his head and his neck, like he's got a serious concussion. Um, I don't think he'll play for a number of weeks. I was so grateful that he was moving around after that. I was thinking about his family, to be honest, watching that a million miles away back in New Zealand. Uh, terrible. Here's one text from Craig, and then we're going to come back with the choices for him poll on this. We saw marked improvement, the more signs of Jason Ryan's last couple of weeks since joining, but did we see any of the same level of changes to the attack that Fozzie took over? Craig, the answer is no. And we did see little bits of improvement, and it was in the mall, and it was slightly at set piece time as well. But that's not really the biggest issue at the moment. 29 away from eight. Here's Aroha the News for Kabodji that was shaping and building New Zealand. Choices for a poll. We're going to stay on the rugby after this. Uh, it's a history making morning here on SENZ. As we see the White Ferns all lift their arms in the air. An incredible bronze medal for a team that showed a, a serious amount of resilience in this tournament at the Commonwealth Games. Well done to them. It's been an historic morning because we've now won 19 gold medals. Joel King and Paul Cole getting it done this morning. Aaron Gate in a historic fourth gold medal in the men's road race. Just incredible. And the Silver Ferns lifting, peaking at their right time for bronze in the netball. Right now, Sean Apolli and Alice Zyman, well, facing a little bit of resistance from Vanuatu. Down 15... 13, that is 15-14 now in the second set. They took the first, so they're only six points away from winning themselves a bronze medal. Right, back to the rugby, Kempe. Your defence had me thinking, way from Ian Foster a little bit, what were the more concerning things we saw in the weekend? And there's lots of people that want to have the Ian Foster conversation. I just don't really know what more we can say. It's out of our hands, right? It's out of everyone's hands apart from the boards. Well, look, if you go back to Steve Hansen's comments that he came out, you know, he play, he had to, he was forced to, like I said, play his card and stand up for uh, Fozzie and inadvertently say that there was obviously an issue with the CEO and an issue with the board. And the three of them weren't, you know, talking about board, CEO, coach on the same page. So, no, there, mate, there isn't a hell of a lot more to say because if, I think everyone said it. It's really how, for me, it's sort of how much more pain do you want to suffer? Because yeah. I can't see them going up to Joburg. That's where the, the second test is, isn't it? Go up. Um, I can't see them going to the next, the second test and winning that against South Africa. I couldn't. I didn't see anything that said they were going to do that. And the Bledisloe, like, it's a, you know, when you, how long have we had the bleeders like for for a thousand wow. years, you know? So it's the early two thousands. But I'm looking at the bleeder bleeders like going. It's a fifty fifty. It's actually a fifty fifty whether or not we keep it this year. 
Wow, we might. Yeah, yeah. look, I'll tell you what. Somebody's come through and said if I was a, a cellar dweller or a team not so favoured in world rugby at the moment, I'd be lining up doing whatever I can to get a game against the All Blacks because we're going to keep having these historic moments. Righty-ho, looking for flooring that scuff, scratch and water-resistant shoes. Adobe Hybrid from Choices Flooring. Tristan says defense wasn't our main issue in the weekend. Attack is our major issue. I feel we need a league in to change the shape of our attack instead of that horrible flat attack. League coach would get the guys running into the ball and good lines change the direction at pace. I'll also agree with you, Kempi. We need a, a coach in charge of our defense. So the leagueies, if you've got the leagueies coming out, Scott McLeod's D is way too passive, no line speed. Quote, bring in Craig Bellamy, says Tristan. So you've got them going on the league theory there, Kempi. I want to know, away from Ian Foster... What was the most troubling part of the All Blacks' performance on Sunday morning? So go to the Izzy and Kempe for stream and the SENZ app. Have your say. Have your choice. I'm going to ask you, is it the defence? Is it the attack? Is it the set piece, which from the get-go was under siege? Was it the discipline or is it the breakdown? Now, I can't include everything, but I've managed to put five things there which I think were fundamentally Probably as bad as I've seen the All Blacks play in a long time. Defense, attack, set piece, discipline, breakdown. For me, the discipline was just so bizarre. Like the lineouts, like closing the gap at the lineouts and losing, giving away short arm penalties, giving away short arm penalties at scrum time. Like, you can't do much when Malcolm Marks is over the ball. Like, I feel a bit sorry for you there. But it's the little stuff that the All Blacks don't do, Kimpy. I just thought that was so strange. Look, and I think as he's touched on a number of times when he's talking about when he was in the All Black side that they just concentrated so much on fundamental um, skills like catch and pass, you know, tackle technique, um, how to how to play your rucks and your your mauls and your pods and all that sort of stuff, and really drill and nail down those fundamentals that are going to get you through the game. You can see by watching the game that fundamental fundamental errors mean that you're not tuned up on fundamental skills. So how boring it may be to run around a football field and catch and pass and get your hands in the right shape and get your passing levels right in the, the way that, you know, it's one of the games when I was watching Argentina play Australia on the weekend. One of the biggest problems the Argentinians had was their skill level was, was down on the Australians and they were always going to get them. They are catching balls behind them. They had to stop and restart. And it just takes the momentum away. The answer to your question about it's a, we need to fix our offence um, not our defence. It's the defence that stops your offence. So the defensive structures of these rush defensive teams that are playing, what they're doing is you don't have an answer offensively because you don't understand the defensive structure of the other team and why they are, d- are defending that way against you. And because they're having so much success, it's the first thing that teams that are playing the All Blacks are going to, is let's just continue to put them under pressure because they don't know how to beat it. So a good defensive coach will show... He wouldn't just teach you defence. He would show you what you needed to do to beat it. Yeah, and Joe Schmidt's doing a lot of that stuff now, Kimpy. He's come in as that kind of taking on that consultant role as scouting opposition, that kind of thing what you're talking about is actually working out where the holes are to, to help take the pressure off Fozzie. Don't get me wrong. I wasn't expecting them to come out and put up 40 points on the Springboks like that. But I just think we saw no improvement at all from the Irish series. Well, he had a couple of breaks. You know, Caleb Clark made that big break through the middle. Yeah, but, he got a couple of times. But that's individual brilliance, four. isn't it, Kempi? Well, it is. You know, and you and you need that at you need that at that level. That's why you're picking those players to um, to to be in that team and to perform when they can c- create something out of nothing. 
Like, I just thought, you know, will Jordan goes through, gets an ankle tap. You know, there, there just wasn't enough of the structured play to get those players in those positions where they could make more of those individual brilliant um, efforts. Mm. It was all just, some of it was just off the cuff. In my eyes, the biggest issue is with a loose trio in the midfield. We have no punch at either. We need to stand a little deeper and move on to the balls we receive it, not standing still yet. Still to the tack, a bit of an issue. The loose forward trio, you made point of Sam Kane's lack of effectiveness just around some tackles. Adi Savia is the only player right now that looks like he's going to be able to muscle up. I just cannot get through my head where Luke Jacobson is. And then did you hear this one, Kempi? Well, I think in many ways we, we probably, it's probably our best performance of the year. I think there, there's enough there to show that we were moving in the right direction. And that was straight after the game. I don't know if Fozzie would have said it now, but it just has infuriated a lot of people. What do you think about it? 0800 150 811. Well, I think in many ways we, we probably, it's probably our best performance of the year. Is that an indictment? What do you think? 19 away from 8, back after this with more rugby, and we might even head up to the comp games as well. Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. Dead. <laughs> Look at the, the fireworks going off there in Birmingham for the cricket. You would think that the cricket was the marquee event. The Aussies have won it. Uh, uh, Whiteford's managed to get a bronze, which was such a great effort, beating the home nation England, which who would have wanted to be up there so badly, just like the netballers as well. Uh, quite amazing that the Silver Ferns managed to get one up over England just when it counted for that bronze medal. Right now, Sean Napoleon and Alice Zyman are one set each, tied at or just down 6-5 in the decider now, so they need to rally. Kempi, the text machine is flying, though, on the All Blacks. Yeah, we've got one here from Gig. He says, Foster said it was the most improved performance of the year as he makes history yet again in South Africa's largest victory against the All Blacks at home since 1928. Of course he's not going to own up which mirrors New Zealand rugby's attitude. And that's from Gig. Um, yeah, mate, look, I, I, I'm, I just don't think the coach here is the one under the pump. I agree. The administration is, has to be looking at themselves in the mirror, Kempi. I don't know if they're going to be like what they're seeing as well. No, here we go. And here's another one from Brett. He still hasn't admitted he wasn't the right fella to lead the mana. Best performance of the year is Fozzie's. The key is in the wee. <laughs> Later, boat. Take the CEO with you. That's from Uncle Brett down there in Huntley. Uh, the ABs never sought out the rush defence. They've always talked about it, but I've never seen a plan to fix it. Exactly. I've been trying to say that for so long. Jordan has to be fullback. I think he could be too. He offers more on attack than Jordy. Well, look, I, I think Jordan's a great player. I think Jordy's a great player too. Maybe we're not having that midfield punch. Maybe we need to push Jordy into the <laughs> midfield. <laughs> Just about to say that. Are we willing to go back and decide that maybe Geordie Barrett should be playing in the midfield? Well, the midfield is the midfield is struggling. Um, Dower, I would describe it. Yeah, yeah, and but it's it's like in rugby league, you've got the saying like if your forwards, your middle don't go forward, it doesn't matter who's playing half feet behind it, they're going to struggle. I think that's what the the All Blacks have at the moment is that they're just getting they're getting barreled and the and their outside backs. It's not that they can't play; it's just that they're not being allowed to play. There's another one. Mordena lads, two points from me. First, it was clear over the weekend the level of physicality the box bought. New Zealand rugby union's arrogance is, uh, uh, with Super Rugby, I think, has had an impact. And the reality is, ABs are now realised uh, realising just how much they needed that level of competition from the South Africans. Secondly, Foster might not be the man for the job, but how sure are we that Slot and Razor and will solve solve the fundamental issues? Love Razor and what he's achieved, but is he? 
though. Mm. Is he the? Is he look? The, the I think where James is going there, and I thought about this a lot in the last couple of weeks, knowing that the change will come. Does Razor look at it like it's a free? This is actually a free pass to a World Cup because nobody's going to expect him to. Are we? If Razor takes the job, here's a question for you: Oh eight hundred one five zero eight eleven. Do you expect us to still win the World Cup? Because I don't. I think there's irreparable damage that's been happening over five or six years now. It was going into the last World Cup. That's why we didn't have enough steam. And I don't think anything's changed. It's deteriorated. So why would we expect Razor to win at this World Cup? Which means, does that kind of give him, from a coach's perspective, Kempi, does he look at that like, hey, here's a free chance. I can go to this one. Whatever happens, the next one's the target anyway. Look, I got asked this question on, on the weekend. I was out walking and, and sat down for a coffee and a, a couple of gentlemen said, oh, did you watch the rugby last uh, last night uh, on Sunday? And I said, yeah, I've actually I've watched the game. What, and they said, what do you think? Um, and we got talking about And they said about Razor, you know, do you think Razor's the right man for the job? Would you take the job? And I said, well, I wouldn't. I wouldn't take the job if I was Razor. You still think that? I still think that. I still think, honestly, I think... Razor needs to take the position under his own steam. Like, he needs to know that he's going in with a full cycle and he's starting from scratch. So, you know, um, look, and you only get to do, you only get to think this way when, when you've sort of been through it and you've seen it and you've watched it and how it's panned out a, a number of times previously. Like, I think if Razor's going to take the role, then he needs to take it post the World Cup, not, not, he ain't going to get too much out of this team going in to the World Cup after this series. So he needs to take it post-World Cup, but what he also needs to do is he needs to put his own pieces in place, his own pawns. He needs to set his own strategy, and he needs to he needs to start from the get-go. He doesn't need to come in into it halfway through it and try and pick up the pieces. And I think there's bigger problems than putting a coach in place. That's, that's my own belief. I think the problems aren't just the, the all-black coaching structure. And I think Steve Hansen's told us that. I hear what you're saying, Kempe. I wonder, and I actually te- I tend to agree with you, I just wonder if he can do that going into this World Cup. But if I was him, and I don't know how these contracts work, I would say I will take the job, but I want a five-year contract. So I want two World Cups guaranteed. The one I'm about to try and save you from, and that's the tax. And the tax on me taking the job here is that you cannot you cannot sack me until after the World Cup in Australia. Never gonna, it's never going to happen. It's ne- the, the greatest coaches in the world can't get that written into policy. You know what I mean? Or into contracts. You're so, seeing longer, you're see, honestly, globally, Go look at the NBA. You are seeing longer contracts for coaches being given than ever before because of that. You want me, I need job security. And and that's what I'm saying. What I'm saying is mm. take it under your own steam. Well, that would be my tax if I was him. I would say, sweet. That is my own steam, though. Okay, five years. Would you do it if you were Robbo? Would you give him the five years to take over now? Well, I'm not Robbo, and I would be handling it totally differently. Hundred <laughs> percent. Okay. Well, Kimpy. and I wouldn't be offering. I see the problem isn't the problem isn't Razor. Like Robbo's got a number of issues to sort out before he gets the Razor. Yeah, I'm hearing you. I'm hearing you. Gee, it's interesting, eh? It is. It is, is, it, it, it is because people are people are going. Well, Razor Robinson's 
um, Robertson's going to come in here and fix this, and you're going to go, well, no, he's not. What tools are you going to give him? Do, do you said the same thing about Jace Ryan. Mm. Uh, Jace Ryan's going to come in here and fix this. Well, in, a, in, in two weeks, he's going to what? Yeah, he's going he's to stiffen him up a little bit, but, mate, he don't, he don't come in here and win games. Seven away from eight. Luke, I'm going to get to your text after this. 0800-150-811. Izzy's coming up after eight. Give us a call. Come over chat to ourselves and Izzy about the All Blacks. We would love to hear from you. Back after this, more reaction to, well, a historic day. A historic Monday morning for New Zealand sport. How about that? New Zealand's cheapest unlimited prepay plans. Visit koganmobile.co.nz. You're listening to Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on SENZ. Well, it's fair to say we've got a pretty disappointed Alice Zyman and Sean Napoli. They've um, just been stunned, I guess, by Vanuatu. They're off to an absolute flyer and done in three sets there. And look, they'll be so proud of their efforts, but they also wanted that medal so badly catching up with Shauna throughout the process. So, hey, look, you've done us all proud, um, ladies. But, yeah, just a real tough one. The Vanuatu just grew, grew a leg there in, in the third set, Kempi. Um, this text from Luke, I reckon it's a ripper, mate. Yeah, let's have a listen to the, uh, this one from Luke. Hey, guys, the bottom line is the All Blacks are now play, not playing as a team. They look like a bunch of individuals who are clearly not buying into the uh, the game plan here, which he's saying is average. It's time New Zealand rugby admit maybe they got it very wrong. I don't blame Fozzie and the team. He's a good man. For me, they need to push the restart button and start playing Kiwi rugby like we all love to see. I just want them to start. I just want them to start like believing in themselves again and not make so many errors like if they don't make so many errors I reckon they give themselves a chance anyway well it's fair to say they believe in themselves well I think in many ways we, we probably is probably our best performance of the year I don't know about that what say you 0800 150 even if it's true is that concerning Kenart's our phone line let's come through and have a chat Izzy Dag live from Fiji he's absolutely fizzing to have a chat he reckons he would have cashed out after Imperishes. That's like a two-e ad. Yeah, right. I'm going to get him at Cafe Coffee right now. Here's other health news for Kubota together with shaping and building New Zealand. Support a healthy gut with the Metamucil Ranger Chemist Warehouse. Now starting from 1869. And Kogan Mobile, New Zealand's cheapest unlimited prepay plans. Visit koganmobile.co.nz. You're listening to Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on SENZ. SENZ, four minutes past 18 this morning. A historic morning for New Zealand sport. Aaron Gate, a fourth gold medal. the first person to ever win four gold Commonwealth Games medals in one game. So what an absolute heroic, Herculean performance from the veteran of the cycle squad. Meanwhile, the white ferns and silver ferns nabbing bronzes. 
superb up against it. And I tell you what, the All Blacks might have lost and you might be really hurt, but you've got to be proud of our Kiwi athletes altogether today, don't you, Kimpy? Like, in general, with the wider lens on, out of the fixation of the All Blacks, how well have we done this massive, weekend? Absolutely massive. Oh, man, I've enjoyed it. I've enjoyed the, the, the race for gold with all the Kiwis and all the events. And, you know, just like uh, Sarah pointed out, in all the minor sports too, the judo, the you know, the, the stuff that you don't tend to watch, um, yeah, fantastic, absolutely fantastic. So, uh, bodes well, mate, for the future. It does. Sarah Kelly Ross joined us up after seven a.m. this morning. If you missed that, go to Izzy and Kempe the podcast channel and catch up with all of our podcasts this morning. So many passionate, passionate messages on the All Blacks, and we'll continue to get through them. Here's one from Miles to start there. Razor will view it as a challenge if he takes the team, and his theme has Rugby World Cup camera at pain around being the underdog. We have the players. We just need to get the formula right. Miles, I tend to agree with you there. Hey, um, before we get to Izzy, uh, he's out of Fiji. Very kind of him to join us from his holiday. I just want to give a massive shout-out to the Leggett family, everyone who has known David Leggett, an icon of New Zealand sports journalism, um, one of the finest cricket writers I've ever laid his print work, hit my eyes on his print work, just an incredible wit, an incredible humour, but more than that, humility that you probably didn't really get in a lot of sports newsrooms all the time. Lots of egos, but not with Lego. Yeah, he always greeted you with a warm handshake and a, G'day champ. Um, people knew him better than me, but I was lucky enough to spend a couple of years with him at NZ Media when he was at the Herald and back in the radio sport and, and used to be days. And uh, yeah, really sad, but a legend and an industry left far better off for his presence. So just wanted to get that out there, Kempe. Should we head to Fiji? Let's go and get there. Let's get to Alpina Colada. Oh, Club Chopper kind of drinks are free. Bula! <laughs> Bula Vanaka, my brothers. How we doing? Oh, mate. Tell me about it, mate. Tell me about first and foremost before we get to the old Let's get it out of the way. Let's get it out of the way. You are welcome. (laughs) You're Um, you're so deep in it, mate. Imperatriz, who's gone away? Nearly a free holiday. Nearly. Nearly. Nearly a free holiday. So Saturday, I'm at the airport and I'm about to board my plane. And I'm like, yeah, I'll message Louis because I've got the first two legs. So I went Silverina into Van Diesel. So good start to my four legged multi. And then I had Imperatriz. And I was like, oh, yeah, you know, that'll be a goodie. And then I had Miss Onaki, which came third. Lucky for Louis, but I was going to—I I was genuinely going to cash out after Mrs. Imperatriz. Anyway, I—I I, I promise you, I promise no, you, you can't I'll, make please, me believe you. Listen, listen—I've been rivet on that many multis before. I had pulled out, so anyway, I, I was like, Mrs. Louis, and he goes, "Nah, man, got the gravy, got the gravy, bro. <laughs> Imperatriz doesn't win on the bubbles. Is on heat, running good." Running good, and I was like, "Oh, honest?" And he goes, "Yeah." yeah. And I go, Are you serious? Honest. Are you serious, Louis? Are you serious, Louis? He goes, "Yeah." Send me a screenshot, and I was like, "All right, all right." Cashed out, smacked on the bubbles, <laughs> and um, yeah, the rest is history. Started at square one again. So that's my that's my funny story. So yeah, pretty expensive trip over here, lad. Oh, 
the storytelling of uh, Izzy Dag just <laughs> look incredible every time. A little bit of uh, secret sauce in there, which might be missing a key, couple of key details. But honestly, Daggy, <laughs> I I've, and I no offense to Miss Anaki's connections, Nabba Pikey, I've never tried to get a horse beat so bad. I was <laughs> I, I was on the rest of the field so hard. I was like, I'll never live this down if I lose. To, oh. if so yeah, you're welcome. Anyway, um, oh, that's enough of that. Let's park that. How's the holiday, mate? How's the fam? How's Tilly's wee cast going in the pool? Ah, uh, it's good, mate. Yeah, we just put this little um, rubber band thing that kind of um, tines up against the clod and check us from and, and everything. And Arlo's in his togs already. It's 8 o'clock here. We're about to go have some breakfast, and he's just going to go straight down this little slide here. He loves it. So, family holiday's good, mate. Fiji's just a beautiful country. Like, the, the people here are just so lovely and friendly, and... Uh, we're actually here with one of my friends, Ed Quirk. He's played for the Reds. Um, he's played for the Sevens. I played with him in Japan. So first time I've seen him for years. We're having a good catch-up. But um, enjoyed it, boys. But missing the lads, because I know it's a big week of sport. How good. Oh, how's the Oracle um, Kez today? Oh, it's a, he's been pretty He's been pretty full Fizzed. of himself. Fizzed. <laughs> Fizzed the Oracle picking bras, eh? The hat is on my head. I'm not eating it. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry, oh, don't well, worry, Izzy. He's let us know, mate. As soon as we've walked in, he's just straight looked at me. He well, said, no, you've no, said no. "Have you seen the results? Have you seen the results?" I don't want to hear it again. I don't want to hear anything else out of you. All right? <laughs> how did you um? How did you watch the game, Izzy? The All Blacks game. Uh, look, we've honestly got so many messages this morning. I don't even, I don't even know where to really start. Like, there's not overly that much you can say at the moment it's kind of out of everyone's hands really isn't it apart from a couple of key decision makers at New Zealand rugby but just overall like what was your emotion watching that oh just disbelief a little bit oh yeah like um look at you got a summer of man over there look at that place it was harming it's a fortress but on the other side of it, you know, like we've only lost, we've won more games than them in their own country uh, leading into that game. So, so that's the side of it. The Kiwi teams have always fronted and, and knowing what South Africa are being going to bring. But I just thought, yeah, we're just lacking with um, what's the ball in hand. Like we had, we weren't able to build pressure. Um, every time we, we made a break, we'd make a uh, human error. Um just silly mistakes. We got better at the breakdown. Like, yeah, there were signs of improvement. Like, they're rolling more. You, you look at that side of it. And we stopped a few of those. That's really well. But one thing that really I I took a lot of notice at is, and it goes a long way to winning the game, no matter who, um, where you're playing, but you're playing South Africa, you got to win the air. you got to win the battle mm. of the air. And, and that is their strength. They kick a lot. So as a fullback and as a back three, like, we put so much onus on our, ourselves during the week to really nail that that um that high ball receipt and to win that you've actually got to win the air and when i say that as a lot of our catching i feel like we're we're kind of jumping straight up straight up and so like and they're running forward so they're they've obviously got a lot more momentum and and i feel like they're dominating the air for us at the back three if i was in there i'd probably try and get the boys to really try and attack the ball a bit more i think we're a bit too stagnant and we're we're losing their air contact so I feel like that was a bit of a disappointment. Um, but, hey, South Africa, they went there. They played a game. They did kick well, but when when they used the ball, how good they look? So pretty frustrated. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what they say. And then obviously listening to, to Fozzie's comments, um, yeah, I was pretty like, wow, okay. Was he, was he watching? Or 
Um, yeah. So <laughs> it was um, look, it was frustrating, boys. Look, honestly, I just as as an old boy, and I can understand everyone's uh, frustrations. And and then even my my dad, he just said, look, in our face on our fa- uh, family page, he just said, look, boys, we we might not just be as good as we think we are. This, this that just might be it, boys. Like we might not be as good as we we probably think we are. Do we have the players? Do we have the depth? Do we have the coaching? Um, I, I generally think we got the players, um, but the direction and probably just the game understanding at the moment is, is just lacking. Um, but they're a, they're a wounded team, man. They're a wounded team. Mm. And they're playing a bit. They're playing a bit like that too, eh? As you know, like they're a, a sort of a nervous all black team, which I've never seen before. The fundamental errors, like the just the just the catch. You know, the pass, you know, Rico Rani's pass, um, catch that his brother threw to him was forward. You've got the, the, the drop pass of Frizzell, you know. It's just some of the stuff you look at the All Black team, you go, man, they never do that. And and then when you're, you're right about even, because that's a fundamental school too, isn't it, catching the high ball. Like when we can't compete in the air, it's not as if the, the, the right winger for the South Africans was six foot eight. He was lucky to be five foot ten. You know, nah, mate. But, but he competed. Is, I'd see him run at me, and I'd be like, mate, I'm going to chuck a knee right on his chest, and he'll never run at me again. Honestly, that's <laughs> the mindset you've got to say. You've got to have, like, he's tiny, and if he's beating me in the air, I'm, I'm like, wow, what what am I doing? You, you just, you, you've just got to change your mindset. And you're right, Uncle. Like, everyone can look at the coaching for that, too, but the basic crust of it, the coaches aren't out there catching the ball. Coaches aren't out there passing the ball. And we've grown up all these well, being the best in the world at these skills and at the moment we're not so that shows probably we're not training them enough and there's got to be a little bit of um, player accountability like they're, they're not out there um, catching the ball for you you've got to catch it yourself so is it the preparation there or are they a- able to handle the pressure that they've been put under at the moment um, you know how's the mental side of the game are they doing a lot of work on that so there's a lot of things we could probably um, factor in and yeah stressful times yeah, just thinking about it, like we we don't really have the best players, coaches, game plan, or structures at the moment. Like, we, what are we? When you watch rugby at the moment, is he like, what are we world leading in? Um, uh, what did I know? <laughs> yeah, like, but do you know what I mean? Like, that's kind of that's kind of it. Like, there's yeah. no, you know, yeah. years gone by. Like, we've been able to say, oh well. With this player or this player, and I'm not, not going to start naming players because I also think it's just that's a bit unfair at the moment, but we, we could point to our attack, we could point to our kicking game, we could point to our bomb defence or whatever it is, our midfield, our Lucy's, our props, our front row, our you know, our pack, and we've always yeah. been able to say, yeah. oh, well, we are leading the way. And I was just thinking about what your dad was saying. Maybe we're just not as good. Are our expectations just way out of whack at the moment? Yeah, yeah, potentially, potentially. Like I've had a lot of pundits come up to me and, and just probably talk about, um, you know, like like you're saying, Louis. Back in the day, we were able to name twelve to thirteen. Actually, Conrad Smith's here at the at the resort, and I uh, haven't talked to him about rugby, but he's he's running around and still a hell of a good Nick, I must say. Might have a chat to him. I've seen him at breakfast yesterday, but uh, maybe we just don't have generational players like we, we we used to you know it, it goes around about and now we're just seeing a, a new era you know you look at australia a really young side maybe five years maybe they might be a force with uh, the young side that they're bringing up and and being able to give them experience so uh, yeah we uh, we're just yeah back then we had generational players now we might have one or two i, I feel but and saying that look 
we've got players. We've got players that can go to the World Cup next year and and win. But I just feel like the game and the, the misunderstanding we have at the moment is, is just not working. So they go to Alice Park and get the next one? The you know, obviously looks like we've well, lost Bodie. Looks like we lost Geordie, maybe. Does Geordie go to second yeah. five eight? I'm just asking you all the questions. And what's the answer <laughs> to the coaches, mate? Like does Fozzie keep it? Does Razor take it over? Can you like can you give us a summation of oh. those six questions? I'm getting I'm getting hounded here on the text <laughs> machine. <laughs> um, look a Bodie will be out, so um you, you start Richie at ten. Um I'll chuck Will Jordan at the back. Um, give Caleb another chance on the left. I'll put Sevil on the right. So you got quality there, guys that can can bring some uh, some difference. Um, yeah, the, can they go to Alice Park and get the job done? <laughs> A huge ask. But I said one one at the start of this uh, series, so I'm going to just stick to my game. Cash to out. Take it. <laughs> cash, cash out. out mate. Cash out. <laughs> So I'm holding strong, and I'm going to go, um, yeah, they can go get the job done. Coaching, um, Kempe, look, it's, um, it's it's not looking ideal. There's been a lot of um, yeah, a lot of uh, information out in the public from sources and, and people in the know that are saying, look, he might have to, he's probably going to resign after this or, or something like that. And, and whether they go for, for Razor, you know, Joe Smith might be, might be sniffing around. He's been in the environment a wee bit, look. It's hard to say. If they don't get the job done, there's going to be some changes. If they get the job done, I think the questions will still be asked because um, they've lost four out of their last five tests, which is unheard of in any all-black team. Um, going into the series against South Africa, they were going to be under huge pressure because they lost to Ireland. So, yeah, it's interesting times. If they don't get the job done, Louis, it's, um, I think Fozzie will probably stay over there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So maybe start a safari tour, tour company or something. Is he what? Which is hard, you know. Which is hard because, oh, mate, honestly, I love the man, and he's a, he is a good coach. But they just, it's like you know, when Reggie was here, you just do little changes. You're probably not going to get changed. So like, yeah, uh, yeah. My, my point get, exactly. Hey, yeah, like they just probably need to just yeah. Mm. What was that, Louis? No, 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 no. That's exactly. I've just. I, Kind of a bit lost for words because I think we all know what needs to happen. Like, like I guess here. Well, let me put it like this: Is he would they ever run the risk of? Because at the moment, there's no guarantees we're going to beat Australia. Like we're we're looking bad, eh? Like that that was oh, pretty bad. Like would they give me a headache, Louis? Well, please. that's what I've got to say. I've got to ask the question: Is he <laughs> would they run the risk of turning up to the Bledisloe like this? Um. But you, you heard it. You've heard that uh, from Mills. That is our sacred Bledisloe Cup, and there there would be there'd be nothing. You could you probably have to leave New Zealand if we lost that. So I don't think so, Louis. If I'm going to be completely honest, um, if if they definitely don't get the job done, they can't go forward and risk that much uh, against the the Wallabies and, and the unthinkable of losing that Bledisloe, which is second only to the World Cup. So um, yeah. I, th- I think that's at the forefront of, of Mark Robinson's minds at the moment. Look, honestly, I reckon this conversation's been had right now. Well, mate, what I want to know is what's on the forefront of your mind this morning. Is it pina colada? Is it margarita? <laughs> it's papaya. It's got something with a carta in it, isn't it? Margarita, pina colada. Are you, you going to be on the carvers like the All Blacks was? Carver. 
<laughs> I want to go have get some grog. Go get some grog, bro. Um, look, honestly, uh, we got we got a good crew here, so we're gonna get breakfast now. Beautiful buffet, lads. I'm only I'm only eating the fruit, um, but uh, yeah. So I'll go down there, and then we'll go straight to the pool. And, and I'm probably gonna have a pina colada, uncle. It's uh, eight twenty here in the morning. I'll probably have to wait till nine, eh? Because <laughs> people looking like an idiot. <laughs> hey, just to let you know, too, is he Monaco Rovers got one up over the Pont Snobbies yes, on? I seen that on Saturday. Well done, Jason. Yeah, and your boy and your boys on your side of the ledger in the NPC snuck one in for. I think we we all square get, after get, round one. Get this, lads. Seven games, right? Three yeah. wins and a draw. <laughs> <laughs> Down the middle. I, down, seen, down to the wire. Your team's played out of their skin. I just don't think they can keep it up. So, <laughs> oh, Timmy, you're lucky, Tasman, mate. Lucky they nearly got beat by the Stags, boy. Oh, Come yeah. on. No, that's what they, that's they your just. One pick? I know. That's why they play like that, though, eh? They just keep everyone interested. Uh, Daggy, you're very good with your time. Very good with them. Like, I know it's always so raw for you, but that's why we love to hear from you because you're as honest as they come, mate. Enjoy the day with the family, and we'll uh, catch up next week. Sweet as lads, I uh, love your work. Thanks for holding the fort down. Tilly, say goodbye to everyone. Oh no, she's in the mood. She's hungry. <laughs> <laughs> feed your kids. <laughs> <laughs> Stop getting on them Peter Collins. The feed your kids. <laughs> see as he twenty two minutes past eight. Oh, brilliant. Um, do you know? Did you hear what he just said at the end there? He goes. I don't think they'd run the risk, no, if they lose this weekend. And I honestly think they're already having discussions at the moment. And I just think these former All Blacks, these guys that kind of have the spidey senses for this stuff, they know because as Izzy's been the one who's stayed steadfast the longest, he's been closer to what's – he's been more accurate than you and I on this because he because they know, right? They, they know how the organisation works. But I just think that spidey sense, I, I, I think that was really telling. I don't Kevin. think you really need that that sort of <laughs> that sixth sense when you've got emails being leaked out of the organisation. Like there's obviously stuff going on. Well, no, I think he was meaning on the, new, the next coach. On the next coach, yeah. The, the, co- the conversation is being had about who the next coach yeah, is. Yeah, mate, it'd, it'd, ha- it'd have to be. It'd have to be. They go, they go through this series, heaven help us, without a win. Oh, oh, they get Argentina. Jeez, they they can't be as bad as that. Well, you say that, but mate, they were unlucky too. I don't know if you did watch that game. I did. They were unlucky. They were unlucky. Can you, we barely scored a try. I'm exasperated. I don't really know what more to say. <laughs> can we scored a try. Come on. Of course we can. Twenty three minutes past eight. We've got to get to your messages here. One here's one. Morena. Um, oh, here we go. Oh no. <laughs> hey guys. There would be no exceptions on Razor in this World Cup. His KPI now would be 2027. Three years is too late for Razor now, Nick P. Mm, kind of hear what you're saying there. And Razor would end up like Stacey, who looks like he would rather be having a beer they bad on the weekend? with his mate. Oh, did you see that text that came through earlier? What about the Warriors, though? Oh, thank God we didn't have to talk about that. We will. After this, is in Kiwi for breakfast here with Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. Alrighty, Jamaica. Well, I've just fallen off the pace a wee bit in the third quarter against Australia. 42 32 to Australia at the moment there. Paulie Mighty, tab.co.nz. Punters would have been climbing in over the weekend on the Kong Games, no doubt. Uh, they certainly have been. And if you jumped on Aaron Gate at $66 to win the men's oh. race, you'll be very, very happy with yourself right now. Is that true? Did you miss that one, Louie?
Six, you missed it, didn't you, Louis? Sixty-six you bucks. Sixty-six dollars. Where was the where was the bike chain oil on that one? <laughs> How can you make someone who's not a weak gutted dog sixty-six dollars? Oh. It just doesn't make sense. What about that, Paulie? You haven't even mentioned it yet, Kimti. Oh, no. What about that? What's the uh, likelihood of him picking up the uh, the, fav- the favourite tag for the next coach being sacked? Oh, crikey. You can't yeah, say that. He obviously knows something, right? Period. Well, even if you do know something, you still can't say it. What, what was I it, Paulie? of the week, though. What's that? What did he say? It was weak. Was it weak gutted dog? Yeah. Ricky yeah and I'm not sure what that is. I'm not sure what that is. To be fair. Yeah, my dog had a bit of a weak no. guts on Saturday night. Spewed up all in the lounge. <laughs> ate too much. Oh he no. Ate, we had we had we had we had you know like a rice bowl and the kids didn't eat all theirs and they ended up feeding it the bruiser and so he chaffed it up because he don't turn down anything. And he went and had a, a gob full of water. And that was it. Swole, a bit of swelling, and next minute she's all over the lounge oh, floor. Lovely breakfast chat, Kimpy. Thank you. Um, <laughs> sorry, sorry for chewing that down with your breakfast. Oh, yeah. <laughs> poor old Bruce. Paulie, very quickly, what else do we have to look forward to moving forward? Uh, I can't believe the Canterbury Bulldogs are $1.65 this Friday. Oh, what? After watching what the Warriors turned up on Saturday night? You've got to be kidding. Oh, God. The Bulldogs are... That's the bit of the week, isn't it? A dollar sixty-five. The dogs. Oh, you're you're saying don't be, be more. I get more on. Obviously, gamble responsibly. But <laughs> oh, you think they should be shorter? Now you're kidding. Cut it out. <laughs> you weak gutted dog. <laughs> hey, just so that you know, too, Paulie, Pip Morris gets a sideline this week. The first crack at it. Oh, brilliant. Yeah. On so, ECNZ. On ECNZ, yep. So she gets a sideline with me and Sammy Hewitt up in the box. So listen in for Pip Morris having her first go at sideline in rugby league. That'd be great. Nah, she is a star. Hey, Paulie, thank you so much for your uh, your contribution today. That Ricky Stewart is a oh, great point. Man, that was just loose, loose chat over the weekend. Actually, we'll get our choices before in poll results after this, but either this. Well, I think in many ways we, we probably, it's probably our best performance of the year. Or the week got a dog comment. You probably could have run a poll saying, what do fans not want to hear the most? And I don't know if Ricky Stewart would win. 28 away from nine, back with that poll result in a second after. I don't know what the news for Kubota together with Shaping and Building New Zealand. Six minutes away from nine. We took a little bit of racing, actually, with a rugby flavour in not too long. Winter Cup won by Lord Darcy in emphatic fashion. We'll catch up with the trainer, who's a former All Black, in just after this. But right now, Choices Flooring's Adobe Hybrid is water and scratch resistant. The perfect flooring choice by four busy households. This morning... Away from the coaching, what was the most troubling part of the All Blacks performance on Sunday morning? Kempe outlined the defence. I've wondered whether it's that indeed or is it the attack, the set piece, the discipline or the breakdown. I've gone discipline, which is actually not that popular. Attack took 57% of the vote. 
breakdown 23%, set piece 10, discipline 5, and defence actually the least. So there you go. That's an unscientific poll there. And the choices for choices flooring in the SEN app, the reason I say discipline, Kempi, is because I saw them doing things that just made me think they've just lost their head. The team's completely run out of composure. Are forced into it, forced into making those errors, you know, just by having their time cut down and having to throw um, passes and then get the jitters and all of a sudden things become really difficult and every error compounds itself and you're feeling like you're you're starting to get buried in a hole, you know what I mean? So it happens It happens at that level. And, and when you're chasing like the All Blacks were all game, then every pass, every catch, every kick counts. And unfortunately for them, their last six games, they haven't made it count. So, um, yeah, interesting how different people think about the game, eh? You know, like from a coaching perspective, from a punter's perspective, uh, even Izzy being so honest with his with his. I guess, uh, analysis of what he thought and where he thought the changes needed to be made around the team uh, for the second test. So I'm really interested to see what they do because there were parts of the game, I think, where their changes didn't work and there were parts of the game where I thought, yeah, they're, they're, you know, Caleb Clark, I thought, was probably one of the better players out there on the on the weekend. Um, but you will see, I think, will Jordan go to fullback and, and Severis come onto the wing with Caleb Clark? I think that back three will be uh, in that shape. I'd love to see uh, Rico Iwana go back to the left wing at some stage. I just don't know if we have the midfield options at the moment, but I actually don't think we're getting the best out of Rico and, and centre. And I think that he earned, he earned his chance to play there for an extended period of time. But in four tests this year, he has been very, very quiet at centre. And I just don't want to lose the best of him because he is a player that when he is on, he is one of the world's best. Yeah, he's a very good player. He's a very good player, but you're dead right. You've got to get on the front foot. But there's no there's no doubt that, you know, Bodie's been quiet, Havili's been quiet, and Rico's further out, he's been quiet, you know, and you've got these two electric wingers that are causing something from nothing. And they have to because they're not seeing the ball as often as they as they should be. Um, but then you've got to go back to the forward pack and whether or not they're doing their job in the middle of the field to allow the Bodies and the, and right. the Havilis and the uh, Oanis to express themselves. That's a bit of a, a conundrum for Foster and his coaching team. I don't know. See, for me, when I look at it, I don't know whether they they can coach that back into their side. No, I don't know if they've got the. I don't know if they've got the understanding of what needs to happen. Yeah, I agree with you. I think that's. I think that's exactly right. And the other thing is, unfortunately for Ian Foster, he won't be the coach when Anton Leonard Brown is available for selection next. And Anton Leonard Brown and Jack Goodhue, I think they're still. I mean, they have. They have actually seen in their absence that they are still the number one option. How about this text? Quote. These are quote marks. These ones. Bunny ears. See you at training in a couple of weeks. <laughs> Raises last words to Jason Ryan. <laughs> Yeah, yeah no, nah, I don't think a couple. Of, I don't think. I don't think in a couple of weeks you'll see Razor there. I'd be very surprised. Me personally, I'd be very surprised if you see any changes before the World Cup. Lunch. Oh no! No, cash out. Twenty-two cash away out. from nine. <laughs> Bevan Wilson. He's a former All Black himself, and him and his wife Robin trained the Winter Cup winner, the Group Three down there, breaking the Canterbury hoodoo at Rickenden Park on Saturday with Lord Darcy. We'll catch up with Bevan. We'll be live from the track after this on SCNZ.
We are 16 away from 9am then. It is Daniel McCarty in for Smithy this morning. Does your field of dreams need an upgrade? Win a complete community sports field renovation with SENZ and PGG Rights and Turf. Go to senzradio.nz and head to the win page. Speaking of winning, uh, it was a superb effort. It's always such a good race in the apex of winter, the Winter Cup at Rickerton. And a 22-year hoodoo for Canterbury Stables was broken. Now, that seems quite incredible to me when Lord Darcy for Bevan Wilson and his wife Robin got the job done for the veteran jockey Terry Mosley as well. What an all-round performance it was, and Bevan's been good enough to join us this morning. G'day, mate. How are you going? Good, thanks. Good. It's a pretty cold sort of morning down here in Ashburton, but um, we're up and into it again. Oh, and I imagine you've been hammered with water over the last couple of months, Bevan, isn't it? Record rainfall this yeah. year? Yes, yes, it has. I think it's a record July for for this area, you know, for, since records were taken. So it's certainly been wet enough. But you've managed to obviously keep your, tra- your horses ticking over, or well, this guy in particular. Tell us about Lord Darcy, mate, and, and the achievement. I mean, it's um, it's no small feat, the, the Winter Cup. It's a bit of a coveted trophy, really. Yes, it is. It's, um, it's 125th running, and it's one of those historic races that... Um, you know, all trainers probably wish to win over over the winter, especially in the South Island anyway. And Denny, and Denny Winwell as well, mate. The, like that run where he came, I don't know if you watched the race last year, but our horse just asked me was in the Winter Cup last year and we're in the same position as Lord Darcy, except when they, when they went for home, our jockey took him to the outside. You followed that lead up on the inside. Was that always the plan did, or did, was that just Terry Mosley at his best? Well, we, we were certainly looking at the pattern of racing. It was race eight, and certainly we would have been thinking that they would be coming out wide by then. But the track seemed to play really well this year, and you know, it was fair right through. And they were only coming out to the middle, really, which, you know, it's a great credit to um, the Rickard and staff to, to have their track right. And obviously, the new synthetic track has taken a bit of pressure away from the, you know, from the course, you know, the, the, the turf course. So. Um, you know that, that's a plus, really. I guess. Yeah, that, you're right. That synthetic has been a—it's been such an asset, hasn't it, for that part of uh, the country? Bevan, now, Lord Darcy, this guy you've been breeding. Uh, have I got this right? Are you the breeder, owner, and trainer? Is that you got? The, you got the trifecta. Yes. Or? Yeah. Yes, we are. Yeah. <laughs> How cool yeah, no, is it that? Does, it gives. It, yeah, it gives you. It certainly, it's not that easy to do. I can tell you, but um, you certainly get. Get, you know, it's a, a great thrill to um, own, train, and breed a, a group winner, really. Oh, I don't, I doubt many people have really done it. I mean, yeah, but especially, you, it's fair to say you're not a, you guys aren't a massive operation, obviously. And you, like, as every person that's had anything to do with horses, punting, training, owning, or riding knows, there's plenty of slow ones, isn't there? Well, yes, and we've, we've certainly had our share of that, too. And, <laughs> you know, there's lots of, um, lots of things that can go wrong and it can be quite frustrating we've probably just come off you know our worst two or three years we've had actually with just with um you know injuries and you know just things going wrong so it's um you know we're overdue for something good to happen hey bevan we we are quietly confident in your in your horse to to get the job done well yes and no um we we did pay a late entry fee to get into the race so you know you, you had to have some sort of confidence to do that and um, it was just the way the weights turned out. 
we, we just felt he was going to be disadvantaged because a lot of really good horses were carrying the same weight. and He, he was just in the up-and-coming brigade. And I just thought, you know, it was going to be difficult for him to carry the same weight as some very, very good horses. And he, he, he was actually able to do that, which, you know, was terrific, really. So does this make him a wait-for-age horse now then, Bevan? Because he would obviously accumulate a few rating points here. And, like, what sort of what sort of race would you have in mind for him if you were thinking long-term? Well, you're right. He will pay a price for it, uh, you know, so he's going to miss out those um, grades. He's definitely open company now, and he, he will have his share of weight on the South Island. There's probably very few opportunities, but at this stage, you know, we're just letting, well, we're going to say the dust settle, but there's not much dust around here at the moment, but um, we'll probably look at a race like the Coupland's Mile in November. Mm. Um, that, that's, you know, that that's probably a long-term aim, but we'll just have to wait and see how things go there. He is a horse that has done well on top of the ground as well. There's not many that can no. run on the, on the mud and, and the top of the ground. He's had some really good sectionals coming home at Rickerton on firm ground. So he's got those two strings to his bow, which will be a strength later on, I think. Oh, what an asset. Hey, even yourself, you're a very accomplished athlete. Um, played for the All Blacks and Otago. And um, Izzy Dag's not with us today. He's holidaying in Fiji, but one great fullback to another, right? Um, what, do you, what Used to watch your fair share of footy? Uh, yes, I do. But, you know, I'm still keen. But obviously, you know, well out of touch with it nowadays. And, we, you know, we just watch from afar. But... I still enjoy, you know, the good um, test matches, and we're, we're seeing a few of them at the moment. Things are a bit tough, aren't they? But um, I don't think we're too far away either. So hopefully they'll get it right. South Africa's not not really the place to be when you, you know, under the pump a bit. It's it's pretty tough going over there. I think to, you know, they're going to have to be right on their medal to, you know, I thought to win one game. So they've got one more chance to do that. Yeah, that's right. It's not a great place to be. And just being a, like, I'm always really curious about, and so Kimpy here, you, like you, Kimpy's obviously played and coached at the top level. He's into racing as well. When you started training racehorses, what similarities or things did you pull on from your playing days, that kind of competitive streak? Was there kind of similarities you've noticed and different things from your walks of life you've been able to use? Uh, definitely. Um, we certainly didn't have too much of a background. We rode ponies and things like that, but Probably the best thing I done was marry Robin, really, because um, her her father was a pretty accomplished horse trainer, and um, so so we've been able to watch and learn. But you are right, um, you know, as a, as a kid at school and that high school, we've done athletics and you know learnt learnt some things that you can transfer over to into the racing. And, you know, just you know, like we're big on making sure they have a good build up and don't get galloping them too quickly and that sort of thing. So um, yeah, they just last longer if, if you do that, I think. Yeah, awesome. Well, congratulations, mate, to you and Robin. It's an awesome achievement, owning, breeding and um, training the yeah the Winter Canary Winter Cup. Um, it's an amazing achievement and he did it so well. I think he's got a big future and Kempi and me have been talking about that this morning. So well done to you and we'll catch up again, hopefully. Yep, thank you very much. There you go. Cheers. You'd love to have one of those, Kimpy, that could go on top of the ground as well. Oh, mate, yeah, he's and obviously really happy he set it up 
Bevan got, got a late entry, um, paid the noms and, and went out there and got the job done. It was a, if you haven't seen the race, go on to loveracing.co.nz and have a, have a look at it. He uh, he does so well just staying to that inside of the track, gets a nice lead and, and then just he swims home. He swims home easy, loved I it. reckon. Just loved it, loved the track. Loved it on the line. Hey, how's this for a text? Smithy is just like my 21-year-old apprentice. No show on Mondays. <laughs> So there you go. It's that temper pillow, mate. He can't get his head off it. Sledged. McCarty is up next. He'll have the same amount of cynicism as um, Smithy on a Monday morning, no doubt. Looking forward to catching up with him as the Jamaicans probably running out of time. 53-48 right now in the gold medal game in the netball at the Com Games. What a morning it's been. Back with Daniel McCarty to wrap up our show after this. When making the double chicken deluxe at Macca's, we wanted to improve on the perfect combo of tender Aussie chicken with cheese, tomato and aioli. So, we doubled it. Chicken and Macca's together and loving it. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Available after 10.30am for a limited time only.